Foot 24 with my fourth stop off on meeting the 92. We're in the early days of this journey. We've got a long way to go, but I've headed back south again today to come to South London. I'm at Crystal Palace and I'm with Alexandros Balascas. Alex, how are you doing, mate, today? I'm very good, thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, hopefully we're getting very close to the to the week. Um, so yeah, happy days. <laughs> happy days, mate, indeed. You enjoying the Euros at the moment? Uh, yeah, I am. But um, as I said, you know, I haven't really been watching as much football as I used to. Mm. Uh, well, partially this is because of my commitments, you know, with uh, the club and, you know, my... Uh, personal circumstances I'm pretty much uh, on the pitch six days a week Mm -hmm. so that leaves me you know with very little time so as soon as I come back home obviously I need some time you know to switch off completely but I do keep myself up to date you know with the results and I also watch the highlights of the Euro game Euros games Mm -hmm. but yeah it's good it's been good. It's it's non-stop these days. I know pandemics it affected everyone, but it has ensured there's football. Well, football 24, 24 7 yeah. almost. 24 Despite 7. the pandemic, football has been 24 7, you know, basically for myself. <laughs> it's been absolutely great. Uh, so yeah, Alex, you're a you're a coach at Crystal Palace. Uh, how long how long have you been involved in the club, and how did you start to get involved with the club? Well, it, it's been less than a year now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm mainly involved you now with the pre-academy and the foundation uh, phase. Um, now, how I got into that? Obviously, as you know, football is uh, is a game that uh, you know you can always progress through bits and pieces, you know, by knowing, you know, getting to know people, you know, uh, connecting with people. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was a bit fortunate, you know, dealing with uh, a couple of people, you know, in my local area, Southeast London, um, they used to run themselves, they used to run the uh, Fulham Development Centres. And um, it's been almost a year now that they kind of like got in charge of the development of the uh, uh, Fulham pre-academy all the way up to foundation phase. Mm-hmm. So me being there, supporting them, you know, on the day-to-day basis uh, with the Fulham Development Center, I built up, you know, my name and reputation. And uh, once that opportunity came up, they contacted me. They said, well, you know, we would like you to uh, get in charge of the uh, pre-academy and the foundation phase uh, goalkeeping uh, uh, sessions. So here I am. So I've been with the club, you know, for, uh, as I said, less than a year now. Mm-hmm. It's been quite tough, you know, through, throughout the pandemic because we didn't really get the chance to have proper sessions uh, and Zoom, all these like uh, Zoom sessions. They were fit for purpose, you know, back then. But, you know, as you can imagine, it wasn't a real thing. And for me, it was even more difficult because I started just by doing those Zoom sessions. Um, so it's been only the last two months that uh, I've been on the pitch, you know, with the, with the boys, um, trying to get to know each other a bit better. Uh, obviously, we're in, at, at this stage, you know, Crystal Palace, you know, we kind of like assess uh, trialists, you know, we try to bring in new players, so we're try, just trying to shape up, you know, the team for the next season. So we've signed up a few boys um, and we are, well, most likely we're going to sign a couple more uh, before the end of the month. So we're just going to try and shape things up, you know, for next season. 
Ah, sounds, sounds interesting. I mean, Crystal Palace are one of the, you know, historic historic clubs in in England well, in the English game. I, 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 they sort of first popped up on my radar late eighties, early nineties. Mark Bright, Ian Wright, the centre forward oh, yeah. dream team, and that. Yeah. Um, and what is the impact of a club like that in South East London? You know, how how big are they? I, th- I tell you what, you know, I think Crystal Palace has always been, you know, a landmark for South East London anyway. Um, and uh, I would say ever since they became, you know, Cat One Academy, mm-hmm. uh, they've started, you know, um, in a way attracting, you know, the uh, the spotlights you know, of, the, of the local community, meaning, you know, more players that they were nicked by, you know, the likes of Chelsea, Arsenal. Um, they've started thinking like, okay, fine, things are changing at Crystal Palace, so why not, you know, play for my local club? And um, you know, there has been a number of uh, occasions that I was involved with uh, with some boys, uh, because uh, as well as you know me, myself doing all the goalkeeping uh, stuff, I'm also a scout for Crystal Palace. Mm-hmm. I'm in charge of approaching, obviously. Uh, well, scouting the right players and uh, liaising with the parents, you know, to bring the boys in for trials and eventually sign them up. Mm-hmm. So you can clearly see, you know, once you speak to parents and obviously, you know, um, uh, the little boys, you know, once they come, you know, to the facilities and they find out that things have changed now, Crystal Palace, where Cat One Academy, there's a massive plan by the club to invest £45 million, you know, to bring, you know, the training centre, uh, up to speed. So now, as we speak, they're building a, a brand new dome, which is going to be the biggest one in London. Uh, don't get carried away because Chelsea has <laughs> one, but Chelsea is not in London, you know, they're inside. <laughs> so, Fair enough then, mate. Fair enough. <laughs> that's make things clear. So, yeah. you know, we're just trying, you know, to uh, basically support the local community uh, and the local boys, and uh, we try to retain the the local talent, you know, within within you know southeast London, rather than them going all the way to uh, Chelsea or mm-hmm. you know, Tottenham or Arsenal. So I think that that that's the plan, you know, to retain the local talent within southeast London. Uh, they, you know, have had great success over the you know the recent history. Players like Zahar, you know, uh, world, you know, exactly. world, world, world famous. World famous, real top quality down there. Um, just to sort of digress a little bit, you mentioned Cat, Cat One Academies and that. For people who aren't quite aware of what all this this means, what what is what what is a Cat One Academy and how does it compare to others? So, uh, so just to give you an example, you know, if, if you're a Cat One Academy, you know, uh, up to let's say up to the age of sixteen, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, anyone can play anyone in simplistic terms. However, you know, from the age of 16 onwards, when uh, you start signing players on, on a scholarship, then things, you know, become a bit more serious, you know, mm-hmm. um, and a bit more, if you say, if you like, no professional, right? Because if you make it to the, to, to the age of 16 and you play for the under 18 team, uh, you're literally on the verge of, you know, under 23s because, which is like literally a step, you know, below becoming a professional First player. Team, yeah. <laughs> so as you can imagine, you know, the higher you go, the, the the more you progress, you know, within the youth ranks, the more serious the football gets. So 
you know, turning from cut one, from cut two to cut one, it means for kids, you know, who are at the age of 16 onwards, that we're playing against the likes of Chelsea, Tottenham, Arsenal, whereas up until now, that's the, the club was cut to academy, uh-huh. playing against the likes of QPR, for example, or Swansea. Uh, not wrong with these clubs, but, you know, competition in, within cut one academies is much greater anyway. Makes sense. All right. Thanks for that. Uh, you mentioned a couple of clubs there, QPR, Swansea and the like. Uh, who, would, who are your local rivals? Have that, has it changed now? I mean, Crystal Palace, how long have they been in the Premier League now? It's coming up almost 10 years, am I yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Since, since, since their last relegation. Is it still Charlton who were the biggest rivals? For- yeah, Charlton, Millwall. Oh, Millwall. How close is it to Millwall? Uh, you know, actually, it's, I would say it's closer from Crystal Palace, actually, to Millwall than from Crystal Palace to Charlton. Oh, wow. Wow. I wouldn't, oh, have, it, I wouldn't okay. have expected that. <laughs> if anything, if anything, it's pretty much, you know, similar distance. Uh, but to me, you know, because I live in, uh, well, southeast London, but I live more towards the side of Millwall, you know, the Millwall Stadium, the Den, yeah. I feel the Den feels like a bit closer, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, now, I've got to ask you about Selhurst Park. It's one of the, you know, it's, it is an impressive stadium. How has it changed over the last sort of, you know, 10, 20 years to, to adapt to life in the Premier League? Has there been any big redevelopments recently? Um, or? Well, there hasn't been any major developments up mm-hmm. to now. Obviously, there has been some works on the stadium going on every now and then. But I think from what I've heard, you know, the plan is to... Uh, build a new stadium. Ah, right. So this is the plan going forward. I'm not sure when when this is going to be, um, you know, completed by. Um, but, but it's in, in the pipeline. Yeah, it's in the pipeline. So let's see. I think I think you know the most important for me for the club right now is to, um, you know, succeed for another season. You know, staying up in the in the Premier League because I reckon this this season is going to be quite tough. It's the big transition year coming it's up. It's big transition it? year, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. How's, how's, you know, what was the impact? Because Roy was there for, what, probably about four, four years, yeah, more or yeah, less, yeah, yeah. Roy was yeah. there. What was his impact around the club? And how is it is it, is it really noticeable that he's left? Well, I tell you what, you know, Roy Hoxon, he's a very well-respected, you know, figure, if you like, in yeah. English football. Um, certainly, you know, he's got, you know, the, the personality uh, to obviously, you know, uh, inspire players. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I think he was, well, I think, yeah, he fits the bill, you know, if you like, you know, for a club that wants to stay up, right? He's got what it takes, you know, to succeed in that. But whether he's that sort of manager that's going to take Crystal Palace to the next level, I'm not entirely sure. I think, you know, it's also, it's not, it's, it's a bit harsh for me to say that it's an age thing, but, you know, because you might have someone who's in his 60s, but he might still have, uh, you know, fresh ideas. But I think, you know, all in all, the club needs some sort of like uh, new direction, you know, new inspiration from a new manager with new ideas, a bit more like uh, eagerness to, to work you know, with players and uh, succeed at the highest level. 
Uh, fingers, fingers crossed. I mean, it's, say, done well. It's diff- very difficult, isn't it, when they transition up to the prim- Premier League and keeping there for, for a little bit longer like that. Now, must ask you a little bit more about the community side. You mentioned yeah. there that there's a big focus on local recruitment of, of talent. Um, does Crystal Palace run any other sorts of programmes to support people who perhaps are a bit more disadvantaged in South East London, have, have specific needs? Are there any sort of programmes run outside of player recruitment to help people in, in the local area? Yeah, so basically Crystal Palace runs uh, a number of uh, development centres, if you like, uh, around South East London, main, South East London mainly, uh, but also in the surrounding area, also South West London. Um, so through, through those development centres, um, you know, we've got a number of uh, dedicated coaches who, whose you know, mission is to, um, you know, keep the, the young kids you know, off the streets, you know, teach them you know, the right things, mm-hmm. um, and also you know, bring them up to that level that they're going to be ready. Not all of them, obviously, but some of them, uh, they're going to excel and uh, get them ready, you know, for the next stage, which is going to be, you know, the the, the academy life, if that makes sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. And just I would say it's great just to see that they're, you know, giving them options Yeah. away from you know, typical teenage life on the streets. Which... Oh, yeah, yeah. And also they, they're cooperating with local schools and uh, grassroots clubs. So we just try, you know, to promote, you know, the um, the Crystal Palace sort of like culture, you know, across the, the community. And that's good to hear. It's important. You know, football, you say, we always mention this across our podcasts that football's got this great power to help, you know, support communities, help, you know, develop the next generation in, in a positive exactly. way. And it's great, great when clubs really embrace this ideology. And it's okay. yeah, all, all cool to see. So well done. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh, I mean, going back to the the club in general, again, Crystal Palace, uh, based there in beautiful Selhurst. It's, it's I, I haven't been... Probably 20 years ago was the last time I was at Sellers Park. Um, it has changed a lot. I, I, I imagine so. You know, what's the area like? Where do the fans like going before the game? What are the popular sort of Crystal Palace supporter hangouts in the local uh, area? Well, I mean, there are some local pubs, you know, around that uh, the fans obviously visit, you know, before and after the games. Uh, mind you, you know, Crystal Palace and the Selhurst Park area is... Uh, heavily residential so mm. um i don't think they're in the surrounding area any sort of like big shopping centers that people can go and sit down yeah. and dine before the game uh it's pretty much like you know old school you know uh, that's what i remember that. it like yeah 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 it hasn't, it hasn't really changed you know like for example you've got the stanford bridge you know you've got you know the shopping center just around the corner you've got a handful of coffee shops and restaurants you know, within you don't want that. <laughs> you know, you got Crystal Palace, and you know it's like the the old school sort of, uh, as you said, eighties sort <laughs> of like uh, feeling. Or in a local pub, maybe a few places for t- take away, and uh, yeah, that's pretty mm-hmm. much it. It used to come out the. It was an overground train station there at Selhurst, if I'm right. Yeah, and correct, yeah. You'd 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 come down, walk down the hill to the roundabout, and there was the ground. I used to go as an away fan, so it was kind of hush hush. But the supporter, yeah. you know, 
Crystal Palace has uh, it's been really praised recently for sort of the development of the supporter culture there. You know, you've got the ultra the ultra group, and you've got the guys with the drums in there. It's pretty yeah. unique. Am I right, Winner? Uh, as how like I know you've been with the club now for just under twelve months, but have you seen sort of how the club has helped to reach out to supporters and how they've been supporting supporters during the pandemic and the lockdown and and uh, the like? To be to be fair, I haven't had any sort of like great visibility of that. No, uh, fair enough. I mean, you know, uh, uh, over the past year, I only managed to watch one game. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the under-23s game. So supporters were actually allowed you know, to go on the pitch, uh, to go to the stadium. They were? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there was a couple of thousand, three, four thousand people on the stadium. It was the um, semi-final, under-23 semi-final. Uh, wow, wow, wow. Yeah, so I watched that. Uh, it was a good one. It was a good one, I must admit. A good was, noise? Were they making a decent yes, noise, good, though? Exactly, good noise. I was actually surprised because it's been more than a year that you know, I last you know, went to, to a football stadium to watch football. So it just felt like a brand new experience. I was like, <laughs> mm, okay, I'm sure, you know, it's a familiar sort of feeling, but, you know, it, feels, it felt like it was a long way back since I last felt, since I last felt like that. So it was good, you know, they were loud and everything supporting the team. They were quite vocal as well. Ah, oh, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Uh, yeah, it'd be great. I, I don't know, with, when you're working in the academy, do you get the opportunities to uh, experience the first team, you know, sort of atmosphere on the match day, to be there just to get a taste of it? Or is it very uh, much... You mean academy? academy? Yeah, or is it academy is sort of separate from the uh, first no, of course, you know, if I want to, you know, I can uh, always request, you know, a ticket yeah. because uh, serves as coaches and scouts, you know, we, we do have that sort of like allowance. Uh, obviously, you have to uh, make an inquiry first, yeah. see what the availability is, because as you can imagine, there's quite a lot of, you know, member of staff that would like to watch those games. And I believe there must be limited tickets, um, you know, for staff, for staff. So, yeah, yeah, under circumstances, yes, of course, you can obtain you know, the first team games. Ah, that's cool. That's cool. Now, uh, next season, not too far away. When are you got? I mean, you've said you, you, you're back training, sort of preparing, you know, looking at signing teams, players yeah. in for next season. When do you hope kind of to have that team sort of settled and start the real pre season preparation? So, the whole recruitment is going to be done and dusted by the end of the month. So mm-hmm. over the past month or so, we've been uh, inviting kids over uh, for trials, uh, showcase games, and obviously, you know, training sessions. Uh, last weekend, we went up to Wolverhampton and we played against Wolves oh, uh, nice. from the yeah. pre-academy all the way up to foundation phase. Um, so that gave us a really good flavor of, you know, these boys that, uh, you know, have on books for next season and the trialists, whether they are ready, whether they got what it takes, you know, to, to make it to the next level. Um, we've got another game coming up on Saturday. So we've got a couple more trialists, uh, joining the team for that game. So we're playing against West Ham. Um, 
yeah. Bit yeah, of a derby, yeah. bit of a derby there. Yeah, a bit of a derby there, but uh, hopefully we're gonna we're gonna beat them. Um, and then the weekend after that, you know, we're going all the way up to Manchester. We are playing against Manchester United. So that's gonna be an experience, lifetime yeah, yeah. experience, I would say. Oh yes. Definitely. Um, so we try, as I said, you know, we try to bring in, you know, the best talents, you know, possible. Uh, there are some limitations there because some of these boys have already been uh, snapped up by the likes of Chelsea or mm-hmm. Arsenal. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. you know, the top of the top, unfortunately, as it stands, will you know will always go there. So yeah, this yeah. is what this is something we're trying to work on. So to give you to give you a bit of an insight, uh, this season we lost about nine boys to Chelsea, mm-hmm. uh, two or three boys to Arsenal, um, one one boy to Tottenham. So as you can imagine, you know, the good players will always go to these clubs. So our job now is to try and reverse things, make you know Crystal Palace the place to be, uh, and good luck. get this boy to actually sign for us, give them some incentives to sign for us rather than traveling for an hour and a half, you know, to go down to Cobham. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it completely does. I wish you the best of luck to to it. Just out of curiosity, you said you were yeah. up at Wolves uh, last weekend yeah. with the academy for a game there. How? Um, when I was doing the Scottish series, I, people used to mention about how opposition teams would welcome them in when they would go to clubs and and the like. When you're going with the academy teams, what is the sort of the interaction between the coaches from academy level, and what are the facilities like when you go around at academy level? Uh, I mean, well, you, using Wolves as an example, or others that you've been to in the past. Right. Okay. Facility-wise, obviously, if you're a Cat One Academy, um, you're expected to have you know a standard of facilities. So Wolverhampton, they have you know stunning facilities over there. We played in a in a nice you know well I think it's been it's been up there for two or three years now. Nice dome. Uh, so as you can imagine, when the weather conditions are a bit adverse, we can still play you know mm. in the dome. Uh, and obviously, the, the younger the kids, you know, uh, the easier, you know, for them to play in the dome because they're protected, you know, from, uh, um, you know, the weather conditions. So, yeah. and also, and also coaching wise, you know, you can, you can spend more time, more quality time with them on the pitch without them actually moaning that it's cold and this and that. So mm-hmm. it does make a huge difference. Now, in terms of the interaction with the other coaches, meaning us, Crystal Palace and other coaches, yeah. Yeah, there's the sort of like a typical greeting, um, and you know the sort of like uh, welcome thing. But uh, other than that, you know, the interactions, you know, during the game, if anything, um, pretty minimal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it really depends. It really depends on the circumstances. I mean, to be fair, you know, people kind of like uh, circulate around anyway. Mm-hmm. So, funnily enough, you know, you just go to places and you see familiar faces or people that you have worked, you know, with in the past. So there will always be someone that you know or, you know, a friend of a friend who works there. So you can always put a face to their name if you like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but again, the interaction is during the game is just on the pitch. Outside the pitch, yeah. You can always have a catch-up or something. Nice, nice. It's important. <laughs> it, oh, yeah, yeah. it is, it is. Still to keep that going whilst, yeah. whilst we're taking on. Now, I was going to ask you, Ask you something. You know, when your mind goes completely blank, you're like, I, I need to ask him about this. But it, yeah. I'm sure I'm sure it will come back to me. Um, how did the team match up? Did you you said you played them? Did you 
did the boys win? Was it a good performance? Did it fill so, you with confidence? So basically, we have four teams on the pitch, right? And, um, you know, we kept rotating. So there were um, games of 20 minutes. So, you know, we kept rotating, you know, the teams around. Uh, obviously, the, we had mix and match, you know, the boys. Mm. Uh, obviously, you know, we put together our best, two of our best teams. And then we had, if you like, you know, let's say, Crystal Palace B. Yeah, yeah, so the place on trial. So that's how we started. And then throughout the game, we kept mixing the kids up, you know, see uh, what impact, you know, some of these boys can have in, in a different team. Um, I think overall, um, I think, yeah, to be fair, yeah, Wolverhampton was, uh, was more dominant simply because they, apparently they have been training all season, you know, with the same team, whereas uh, ourselves, you know, we're just in the process of, you know, bringing the kids in yeah, and uh, yeah, trying to find the right the, the right players, you know, for us. So I think overall they kind of dominate the game. However, we we you know won a few games, we drew a couple, and we lost uh, a few others. So I think overall um, it was a positive positive experience, you know, for the boys. Interesting, interesting, interestingly enough. Um, we had more topics to discuss, you know, between the coaches in terms of what we saw on the pitch, what we need to improve. Um, and also myself, it was a good test because we signed two new goalkeepers uh, about two months ago. Um, both of them, they were just coming from grassroots football. So as you can imagine, grassroots football to academy football, yeah. <laughs> there's a bit of a difference there. So yeah. it's really interesting for me to see how the boys react, uh-huh. you know, uh, and whether they are psychologically, you know, ready for that sort of exposure. So it was, uh, it was an interesting one. Ah, cool. Well, I mean, I wish wish you the best of luck for the season ahead. Seems seems yeah. quite positive. Things things seem on a positive step. It's great to see you can have the biggest biggest stone inside the city, inside the London yeah, barriers, yeah. not yeah. Out, out there. But it's yeah. I wish best of luck with it. Now, Pete, you know. Crystal Palace fans listening probably know where to find all of this sort of stuff. But uh, for people that aren't and are curious about how the program develops, where's the best place in the you know in the meet the wonderful world of online media for them to get information about uh, Crystal Palace and the academy in particular? Uh, I'm not entirely sure about it. You know, <laughs> you, know you you think you know. The only reason why I'm not entirely sure about it is because I always, you know, hear about everything that's happening, you know, you know, once I'm on the pitch, you know, yeah, from yeah, other yeah. coaches. So I can to be fair, you know, sometimes I even know things that are happening before they even, you know, become <laughs> yeah. become known in public. So yeah, I'm not yeah, sure what yeah. the answer is there. I, I guess you know, through, through the the the, uh, the clubs, you know, website or something. Yeah, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. I'll have a look online, online. Uh, I guess uh, there must be a foundation page attached to the club website yeah, 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 and yeah, things yeah, yeah. like that. But as I say, you know, I do, I do, I do get a hold of you know certain pieces of information <laughs> before it even comes out to public. So, <laughs> but there's no point. You gotta keep it secret. Got to, no, 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 no leaks there. No leaks. Yeah. So we try, but there's none. Um, so if, if we are to play against, uh, I don't know, an, an opposition team or you know we're yeah, about yeah. to find a player, I do know beforehand yeah, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, it was safe. Well, we wish you so wish wish you the best of luck with it. Uh, pe- people who want to connect with you, follow your story a little bit more. Where are the best places for them to follow? Yeah, you follow can your follow progress. 
yeah, you can follow me on Instagram. Mm -hmm. uh, so my uh, account there is a b one nine underscore eighty two. There we go. A B underscore one nine underscore eighty two. Yeah. Yep. So ah, it's cool. It's so it's been great getting the insight into Crystal Palace today. So thank you so much, Alex. Thank you, mate. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, really appreciated it. That's it for today, everyone. I'm, of course, Adam at Ucrafot24. This has been our fourth episode on Meeting the 92. Say so Crystal Palace looks like it's got a fantastic future, you know, especially in the, in the short term ahead. So looking forward to watching their developments over the season. But till next time, everyone, take care and stay safe for, for now. Bye-bye. Thank you.